right, Keena, two things, all right? Number one, this is the Warner Brothers podcast with Kyle and his brother Keenan. Number two, number two, Keenan, give me your top three off the top of your head. Give me your top three halftime shows of all time that you've seen live. Not ones that you've gone back, yeah. ones that you've seen live. Uh, I believe Beyonce 2013. I believe it was That's 13. the Superdome? Yeah, I believe it was Beyonce when, 2013. That was the which power with her? What? When she took the power with her, the power yeah. went out. The yeah, I was going to say, that was gonna say, yeah, that was the uh, Ravens and 49ers Super Bowl. That one there, this one, and the one with Beyonce, Bruno Mars, and I think Maroon 5. Not Maroon 5, what? sorry, Maroon 5 Coldplay. Oh, yeah, yeah, that one was in San Francisco, I believe. That was Super Bowl 50. Yeah, the, I was gonna say I those are the, three. the whole intros. Yeah, those before. are the three that come to my head because I remember Beyonce. Obviously, she had hers. She took the power. I remember, obviously, Bruno is great, and then uh, uh, she did Beyonce did Formation that one as well. Coldplay was well uh, headline that one technically, and then this year's was very very good. This is the best one of my memory in all for me personally. This year, this yeah, this this one was the best one, I believe, ever in my memory. I'd agree with that. I would say, I would say my top three, and I'll cheat and put four in here off my memory. But Prince at the 07 Super Bowl did "Purple Rain" in the rain. Mm-hmm. Rest in the Prince. I'll go with that. Either Beyonce and New Orleans because that was a great show. She put on a great show that night. Yeah, her. I like I like uh, the J Lo and Shakira one. I think that was in Miami. Like, yeah, that was a few years back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. J Lo, you know, she can't really sing at all, but J Lo and Shakira they put on a great show. Like, I just remember that one being the performance like, was the a spectacle. Energy, the yeah, yeah, the energy, the vibe, like the Latin vibe. The uh, you know, it was just lit the whole the whole halftime show. And Shakira like can Bruce. sing. Shakira can sing too. So yeah, Shakira Shakira always brings it. Shouts to Shakira, but. And then I would throw, this isn't in my, I don't even know what I'm saying. It just it just sticks out. I remember being a good halftime show would be the New York Bruno Mars one. Or Jersey would be, yeah. actually. Yeah, that was, a, that was probably would have been the fourth one. Bruno's, Bruno's done very well on that stage. Obviously, Beyonce's done very well on that stage. So I think he performed, too, that time when Beyonce came back. I think mm-hmm. he was all... Uh, yeah, he's done, yeah, he's done it multiple times. And then I would throw this past Sunday. That's You're probably right. That's probably the best one definitely of at least the last 10 years uh they killed it they did a great job m killed it dre and snoop definitely killed it 50 coming down upside down like in the club video that was classic <laughs> memes of him. The- i was gonna say memes of him <laughs> what's up i've been a bunch of memes of him because <laughs> because he's gotten bigger yeah. obviously the meme with like bizarre in the in the d12 video as 50 saying everyone's saying 50 Make the same joke that fifty is uh, seventy five cents or 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 a dollar now. Like everyone's making that same joke. I didn't yeah. think he looked that big, but he's definitely bigger than I guess in his in his hay. You know yeah, no, I mean? he but, definitely. Yeah, that was the first thing I noticed was he looked bigger, and I was like, oh wow. But he didn't look like overly fat or anything. He just looked like ballooned. He just looked like <laughs> like, and I don't even mean that in a bad. It's just like he took his regular body and just stretched it out a lot. <laughs> You got Snoop yeah. Crip walking multiple times. He was Snoop, Snoop was Snoop was into it. Shit! I also, they had a they had someone posted footage on, on I forget which which account this was, but they're like footage of Snoop Dogg before the halftime show smoking a blunt. I'd be like, I'd be more concerned if Snoop was not smoking a blunt before yeah. the halftime. And I know they NFL said something about having him not do that, like specifically, as if that was going to matter. But <laughs> yeah, as if that was going to. You're not gonna stop from smoking, especially in LA. Oh yeah, I saw um, Jay Z in the bot in the press box right before the halftime, right before halftime, and I was like, he might be coming. He might just make an appearance out on the stage. I hope he does. I really hope he does because they're just doing the celebrity show of like, oh here's Jay Z, oh here's LeBron, oh here's X or whatever. And so I thought I saw Jay Z, and I was like, they might just bring him out. They might do it, but they didn't, sadly. Yeah, Jay-Z, co-writer of uh, Still Dre. But mm-hmm. uh, no, it was a great halftime show. They all killed it. Mary J killed it. I wish, I, 
I kind of wish they would have went with someone more of a theme in the Dre Snoop 50 Eminem lineage. Like, I don't know what R&B act that would have been for them. But Mary J just seemed out of place. But she did a great job. She, like we'll said, see her this weekend, too. Job. Oh, All-Star Weekend? She's performing there? Yeah. It's like, That'll it's be like good. DJ Khaled, Mary J. Uh, I'll pull up the list. You can keep talking, but I'll pull up the list of who's performing. Hopefully, Mary J does some classics. I would like to see that because she's definitely deserving of her own set. But everyone at the halftime show, like even Kendrick, he had a small little two-song little set, but he kind of killed it. Um, I thought he was actually going to go with Mad City, but then obviously he went with All Right, which is actually one of my one of my favorite Kendrick songs, so I'm glad he did it. I guess the only way I would change it, the only change I would make was I would have made that Dre, Snoop, Eminem, and 50 and gave them all like a little more to do their own music rather than the hits. But either way, they killed it. Shouts to them. Hopefully this leads to more hip-hop acts, especially from like the 2000s, R&B acts as well. Uh, I thought the halftime show was better than the game itself. The game was good. I would say maybe a C plus, a B minus. Um, I thought the game was better than that personally. I had it. Um, I had it around like a solid B to B plus, around the eighty five to eighty seven in there personally. It was right. There was not much drama. Odell. I think if Odell doesn't get hurt, I think the Rams run away with it. I really do. But after that. Between, you know, I think it was the end of the second quarter, really, to the middle of the fourth quarter. It seemed like it was just really a punt fest. I guess not. Cincinnati got up a little bit in between there, but I was gonna say yeah. There was the red at the Cincinnati scored before the half, Cincinnati, and then they Cincinnati got the, get away with a face mask yeah, like that. That would have been the story it. all week. That would have been the story all week had that held up, or had the Rams lost the game, I should mm. say. The T Higgins uh, T Higgins play happened, then Matt Stafford threw the pick. And then the Bengals almost scored, but then Aaron Donald happened, and that was the rest of the story. I thought Aaron Donald should have been Super Bowl MVP, personally. Cooper Cup had a great game, eight catches, 92 yards, two touchdowns. I understand that he was the focal point once Odell went out, but Aaron Donald controlled that entire game in the second half and was the reason why I felt the Bengals lost. I feel like without, if you have a regular DT I feel the Bengals probably can pull that game out. I would say that, but they could block for shit either way, whether it was Aaron, Aaron Donald or the rest of the defensive line. Like yeah, I, that was more in line with what we with what we saw against Tennessee. I mean, they didn't. You know, I definitely don't feel like. Obviously, I think the Rams are a lead team, but that definitely did not feel like we had the two best teams in the league there, which it never is always the case, but like. It showed in that game. Like, it was just... The middle of that game was pretty much a slog. Like, it wasn't bad. You had the sacks in there, but you really had so much punting, so many kind of boneheaded play calls. Like, I couldn't believe how much the Rams stuck to the run and were just running out the middle. No creativity. Uh, you know, a lot of what my complaints would be for Josh Dan- McDaniels this year. You know what I mean? I think that's what I noticed out of out of both teams. The running, Neither of them kept the running game going. Uh, Bengals got it more yeah, so say, than the Rams. The, ba- the Bengals are ran- abandoned the run game in the second half, which I felt at times they shouldn't have done. But then they ran at weird times, like on, like at the end of the game, it's third and one. Why is Samaje Pirine running the ball? You put it in Joe Burrow's hands two times there with fifty with like a minute left, and you say Joe Burrow get us one singular yard. Don't give him one opportunity. Give him two. Don't let some why is Samaj P Ryan? I understand he's your passing back, so you're like, oh, maybe they won't expect the draw. But Aaron Donald was there to make a play. Like, why are you doing that? I don't know. Yeah, it was. It was. It really felt like a regular, regular football game. Honestly, mixed with you know, obviously the implications of the Super Bowl. But you know, like I said, the highest drama moment being the the T Higgins play down the sideline where you clearly face mask Ramsey. I'm sorry, I, I can't believe they didn't flag that. Yeah. Just with him just with Ramsey falling, you could tell something happened. And then they let the play go, you know, the Rams again rectify it by winning. And you know there was a Logan Wilson <laughs> call at the end where a phantom holding penalty, which was their makeup call because there was no holding there. Especially with You're what talking they about were, the one in the end zone? Um the one on third and one 
the one right before that allowed the uh, Rams to get back to a first down and not have to kick that field goal. I have absolutely no – there wasn't holding there, especially for how they were calling that game all game. There's two penalties on each side right before that. There was holding going on. There was tugging going on, and that was a makeup call for the blatant face mask on T. Higgins. Like, they completely missed that call, but I think that was just a makeup call. In a way. In a way. T. Higgins directly – I mean, they both, in a way, directly led to a score. Obviously, the T. Higgins was on – you know, yeah, I was going to say, T. Higgins was on the touchdown. That basically just gave him first and goal at the two. Or like first and goal I'll say that, five. and then I guess the other play of the game would be the fourth and one with Cooper Cup. They didn't necessarily have to go for it there. In their own territory, they run that little end around for Cup, pick up the fourth and one, then that obviously leads to the score. Mm-hmm. And Cup's, Cup's open the whole time. But uh, Tyler Boyd had a yeah. big drop going across on the slam third and eight. Cross big, the middle. Big, big drop. Because he catches that. They're at least fourth and one, if not a first down. And they could pretty much, I don't want to say put the game away, but they score there. It's a completely different ball game. I agree. I agree. But, but yeah, at the end of the day, good game. I've seen better games. Uh, if you're the Chiefs, if you're the Bills, if you're the Packers, if you're the 49ers, you're kicking yourself. More I so, really believe that. I would say the Bills more than anyone. Yeah, especially them. They just had because, it. They had the, it. Just because like, the 49ers were up 10 on the Rams and they lost. The Packers could have beat the 49ers, but they lost. The Chiefs lost to the Bengals. The Bills literally scored with 13 seconds left, then Mahomes magic, and they didn't touch the ball again. So like Josh Allen sitting at home like, man. Man, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, man. I would. If I'm jo- I mean, obviously everyone else, obviously Aaron Rodgers, jo- like all of them. But if I'm Josh Allen, I'm sitting there like, man, I didn't even get a chance. <laughs> you kidding yeah. me? If I just give yeah, me one I mean, chance was, and I'm scoring seven there and the game's over. I would counter that with saying the Chiefs copped it up to the Bengals more than the Bengals won that game. But whatever the Bengals ended up winning. My point, my my yes. point more so was like Mahomes had a chance to win that game and didn't. Allen didn't even have the chance to go win the game against the Chiefs because Allen did his job. He went yeah. down and scored. He waited all like. So I'm, I was just saying, as Josh Allen right now, I'd be so upset because it's like I couldn't have done more. I played two honestly. If Josh Allen gets to the Super Bowl, he may have had the greatest Super Bowl run or playoff run ever. Because he had a game where he didn't punt and didn't do anything but score touchdowns against the Patriots and then put on that performance against the Chiefs. And if they were supposed to win that game, like he was literally en route to having maybe the greatest postseason a quarterback's ever had. And then just got stripped away because obviously Mahomes magic and then the Chiefs ended up winning the coin toss. I was more so saying they should be kicking themselves because of the performance each team put on in the Super Bowl. Oh, I know, you know? what you're saying. I know like, what you're they're saying. More, they're more, I don't know. I, like I said, obviously the Rams are an elite team, and I guess you'd throw the Bengals in there, but I don't know. The Bengals definitely had some warts. Felt like they were lucky to be there. And, like, I, I really do think if Odell stays in that game, the Rams kind of blow it open because they were, they were moving the ball pretty well when it was a combination of Beckham and Cup. And he, Beckham looked like he was on his way to fulfilling your original bowl prediction with the two touchdowns, maybe over 200 yards, and such and such. But end up with a good game, end up with a good ending. Aaron Donald was a beast. Uh, felt, like, felt like he finally got his like one shining moment kind of thing with uh, being the de- best defensive player in the league. Really being the best player in the league, you could argue, obviously. But uh, yeah, good game. Going into All-Star Weekend, Kim, we ain't even talked about the trades that did happen since the last time we talked. Last time we talked was the night before the deadline. The Simmons and Harden trade goes through. Uh, everything else goes through as far as uh, what else we had. We had the Chris Stapps-Prazingis trade for Dinwiddie. That was a random one. Yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't fully know if I like that, but I mean, I get it. Yeah, I guess it was. I don't know if I get it. It was. It was pretty out of the blue. And no, I, mean, I only was, mean I get that we we'll wanted to move off of Przingis. That's the only part I get. I just didn't get where and why. Like to who? Hey, I would. Uh, I would want 
I would want to stretch big next to Doncic more so than a, a ball dominant guard. Yeah, they already have Jalen Brunson who's been doing very well this year. Like Jalen Brunson's been playing very good basketball this year and has been pretty much what Spencer Dinwiddie is. They just got an yeah. extra Jalen Brunson. Like there's no need there. In a way. Well, I mean, Brunson's obviously they do a, they're a little they're a little bit different in how they play, but um, the production that Jalen Brunson's gonna give you, Spencer Dinwiddie's not getting you more than that for what Din- Brunson's actually done this year. I would have gave Porzingis at least this postseason to see because you know he's been he's been playing pretty well. Obviously, injuries always a concern with Porzingis, but he's been playing all right this year. He's been playing around his career averages. Uh, you know, had some had some real bright spots. So I'm really interested to see what he does in Washington next year. Yeah, next year we'll see what happens with Bradley Bill. But I don't know. Porzingis is. It's kind of a mystery to me what he is. You know, he had all that hype coming in for the Knicks. And had some he, highlights there. Say, then he and, made himself deserve the hype for a little bit. Yeah. And then we had, he had all these injuries in between. Then he gets shipped to the Mavs the season before. Where, you know, it made it look like Durant, Kyrie, and everyone else was truly coming there. And then it ends up not being that. And then Przingis is just in Dallas. And he had, you know, some postseason I want to say failures, but he kind of underperformed last year, and then here we are now. Him going to the Wizards, so I'm really interested to see what the next two or three seasons looks like for Pazingas. Yeah, I'm, he's a weird story to me. Like just how kind of he went from being like the fourth pick in the draft to where people are like, "Oh, why did they take him when they could have taken someone else?" But he had promise, and then he turned into the unicorn where it was like, oh, my gosh, this Porzingis kid is amazing, and then went to just like the, ah, can't stay on the court, and when he's on the court in big moments, he feels like he flops, basically, off, basically obviously, last year, and then, yeah. So he's just been such an, a weird player. Like, the potential's still there, but it's like, a, is he going to actually come through or not? I don't know. Fuck all the other trades, and there's been some good moves, whether it was at the deadline or before the deadline, but the the real move, the big blockbuster move, obviously the trade centered around James Harden going to Philly for Ben Simmons. Uh, full trade being, what was it? It was Simmons. James Harden, James Harden and Paul Millsap for uh, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and Ben Simmons, and I think ben a Simmons. pick. I'm not the biggest Drummond fan, but I kind of like him on the Nets as their backup. He, need, he needs to be there. He's a guy who can he can get rebound, rebounds, control the glass, and regardless of him not being the greatest of defenders, he's still an inside presence that's better. Who had who has been with Embiid for a while, so like he does know Embiid a little bit more than your average big would, which is going to be let one me, of your concerns. Let me ask you this, because you like. You like making uh, some sweeping statements after things get done. <laughs> last last year, last year, saying immediately that the the Nets need to trade Kyrie. Uh, I have some thoughts on this trade, but let me ask you first: what do you th- what do you think is the the final outcome for the twenty twenty two season for each of these teams? What happens with the Nets? What happens with the Sixers? What's your immediate or what was your immediate reaction? My immediate reaction was long-term, both, like, because just thinking, I know I'm going to, I'll answer the short-term, but my immediate reaction was long-term, both teams benefited from this. Because Ben Simmons did not want to be there, James Harden did not want to be there. They were going to have to trade Ben Simmons at some point, and if you're going to trade Ben Simmons, getting James Harden back is obviously good. And then... James Harden, and then James Harden had a player option. He could have opted out, and he would have been a free agent, and you wouldn't have been able to get anything for Harden. So the fact that you got off of Harden, who didn't want to be there anyway, for someone of Ben Simmons' caliber, and then obviously you got a you have a very good shooter and a good point guard in Seth Curry and then Drummond. So I think both long term, both teams benefited. In the short term, I think it makes the Sixers legitimate, legitimate contenders this year. And Brooklyn can can be in that category. They just have much more ifs. But they both, they both, if they both got like either one of them got to the finals, it wouldn't shock me. Really, it would shock me more if the Nets did, just because that means that their ifs came together. That means like Kyrie can play either all play all games, or they manage to make it without Kyrie playing all the games. Simmons comes back fine, and then KD stays healthy. 
but they both can still make it to the finals, in my personal opinion. I think the Sixers are better slotted to do so. Yeah, I mean, this is a great trade. A, because, yeah, it did fit both of their needs. But B, because it really came together really that last week. Like, the rumblings really started to happen those last, I don't know, that last week and a half, two weeks maybe. I love big trades. Yeah, and... I don't know. It's it's crazy to me how we got to a point where we're so accustomed to superstar trades like this because, you know, it was literally, what, a year ago where Harden first got traded to Brooklyn, forced his way to Brooklyn, yeah. I want to say, and then forces his way out of Brooklyn within a year. Like, I get... Ben Simmons has looked bad since everything happened with him passing that dunk up, with mm-hmm. him not going, not reporting to the team. Then turning around and blaming on mental health, but now all of a sudden it looks like he's ready to play in Brooklyn already. You know what I mean? Like he did everything not to play, you know, because of basically the media, really that, the media and the fans, I guess. You know what I mean? Because, man, Doc and the rest of the team bent over backwards really that whole season up until that point supporting this guy. The city can tell you how many Sixers fans to the death defended this guy you know what i mean up until that moment and then you know as soon as shit gets tough he you know kind of cowers under the pressure i guess you know what i mean or just outright refuses to play and even after all that i still somehow coming out looking at james harden worse than ben simmons quitting on these two teams within a year literally within a calendar year um it, ju- it kind of it feels both of them just feel like little kids and then, yeah, like, in a I, sense, like Harden's like, okay, I'm not happy anymore. I want out. Like I'm done. Like I under like <coughs> Houston's a little different because he was in Houston for like eight years or some sort something along that, along those lines. But like so you don't quit on your team. No, no, I, no that, that's different. I know that. I'm saying it's different because he got the length, but it's not different on how he left. He basically was like, I'm just gonna come in fat. I'm gonna still get numbers to show that I can play a little bit, but I'm just gonna become fat and basically just be disgruntled. I don't want to be here and make it a chore to be around. Then I'm gonna go to Brooklyn with my friends in Kyrie and Kevin Durant, or at least at the time friends. Then I'm gonna butt heads with Kyrie. I'm going to get injured. I'm going to play worse, and now I don't want to be here anymore. I'm going to put up four points in a game, just be bad, and then leave. Like that's just childish. Be- that's just childish behavior. And then Ben Simmons, if he did, was having mental health issues and needed to be sidelined for that too, I understand mental health issues. Please get yourself well. But at the same time, you did handle this like a child. Like you could have. There's much easier and better ways to go about the fact that you need to take your time than what you did. You don't go to practice and then have your phone in your pocket. Like don't like like don't show up there like an unenthused wearing I think an LSU shirt to a Sixers practice. Like what what are you doing? Like don't be a child. If you have mental issues, then take them and work on them yourself. And but don't be a child about it. Yeah, Simmons was definitely petulant. For sure. And uh, I don't know, Harden, like, I don't know. I don't think Harden necessarily beefed with Kyrie or anything like that or butt heads with him, but it just seemed like he didn't give it a try. Like, they only played 16 games together. They went 13-3 and in those games, so there's obvious success there. And whether whatever happens with Kyrie this season, which, by the way, it looks like it's trending towards he's going to play. Like, the way stuff is getting lifted around the country, mass mandate or getting lifted. By the way, I didn't know this. This is kind of weird. So unvaccinated players who are away teams can play in New York. But if you're on the team, so if you're on the Knicks or Nets, like in Kyrie's case, you can't play in New York. That doesn't even make sense to me. Uh, that's really weird. It no yeah, it makes no sense to me at all. So I feel like at some point, especially before the postseason, Kyrie's going to be able to play. Durant, obviously, we're still a few weeks out. He's going to come back from injury. So it feels like it really feels like hard duck to smoke, which we're accustomed to seeing from him in the playoffs. And I completely expect to see that happen in the playoffs this year. I really think, I don't know, I, I agree with you. I think Philly's better equipped for this season because, mm-hmm. like you said, I think Brooklyn has a lot of ifs. We'll see what happens with Kyrie. Uh, you know, Ben Simmons missing half a year, basically having the last month and a half year of the regular season to get ready for the postseason. Yeah. Where, uh, you know, he's got some demons to exercise, to say the least, on both ends. Harden, for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I'm real interested to see the Harden and a beef. I think they'll make it work for the most part. You know what I mean? I think I think Harden's a smart enough player to make 
that go. I just don't know like how ball dominant Harden's going to be. I I really think they're going to get to this point, much like last year, when you can say Harden's injured because he was, but where Embiid's really going to need Harden to step up, whether it's in the second round, whether it's in the Eastern Conference Finals. And I don't think Harden's going to step up because that's what we've seen from him his whole entire career. Harden's going to need to be Kobe in 01, 02. And Harden's going to need to be Harden's going to need to knock down shots when he's asked to, and he he cannot. I'm, I'm only never, saying that because like the big man guard com- combination, like obviously that's what made the Lakers so good is when Shaq was either having an off night or getting fouled or getting triple teamed. You could just say, "Here, Kobe, go get us 35," and he was like, "Yep, gotcha." <laughs> but like right, Harden might, can't. Which he, might do, which he might do during the regular season. He might be putting up. The thirty-five oh, yeah, when you need sure. him, but what we've seen from Harden throughout his career is when you need him, when you absolutely need him most, whether he's the leader, whether he's the second banana, whether he's the third banana, this guy's not going to show up for you. He's just not, and, and doesn't want to show up for you. And it hasn't. It's not even like it's just been like once or twice. It's been since the twenty twelve NBA Finals where he was that his whole career. He was in. I'm still looking for him. Still don't know where OKC Harden went because that. That finals, he was nowhere to be found. After he had a great, I think, conference finals against the Spurs, he had nowhere yeah. to nowhere to be found in that NBA finals. And then, speaking of the Spurs, I, don't, I believe no Ginobili, no Kawhi, like thirteen turn, twelve turnovers in exact, game six. Exactly what I was going to bring up. Like exactly what I was going to bring up. And then game six, you have game seven of the NBA finals in your home. I was NBA finals. Conference Finals against the Warriors. Granted, that's the Warriors with Kevin Durant, Clay, and Steph. I get it, but you can't go two of thirteen from three in that game, especially when it's on your home court and you won sixty-five games as the MVP. Then the next year, Kevin Durant goes down, and you have Game Five there, and you're up. Steph snatches it from you in the fourth quarter, and then in Game Six, Steph goes over in the first half, and you let him drop thirty-three in the second half and snatch that from you guys, him and Clay, like. That that can't happen. All of that can't happen on your watch. Maybe one or two moments, we get it, because everyone has one or two moments, but you can't let all of it happen on your watch. Yeah, that round against the Spurs, <laughs> when he was on the Thunder, <laughs> when he came through, that's his. That's pretty much his shining postseason mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. And since then, it's been rocky. Like Obviously, he's had some wins, and obviously they've gotten to the conference finals, but whenever it's a big moment, and yeah, that's that's the one... When he was on the Rockets and they faced the Spurs, and I was trying to think who they were. I remember they were down with injuries. So you said it was Ginobili and I Kawhi. I believe it was, it was Kawhi, definitely, and I believe Ginobili was out too. It like they were destined. They weren't the Spurs team that they sh- like took on the court regularly. And the M- I remember from that game because I remember that was a good series. That I think that featured the same series where Ginobili had that block on Harden from behind. Yes. Uh, I think everyone was gearing up for the Rockets to win that game and then the Spurs to get maybe at least one of those guys back for yeah, game they were, seven. Yeah, it was gearing up for game seven. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> as well as going and I'll never game. forget halftime. They're down like 25, maybe 30. I don't remember what the halftime score was. And they come back from commercial, and all it is is D'Antoni and Harden sitting silently next to each other, not even looking at each other. Just like they both know the season's over. They both know there's nothing they could say, and they were just done. They were just done. And that's, you know, the game continued, and they did. They got blown off the court. And then, obviously, another famous one for Harden, this last one before we transition to uh, All-Star Weekend. But Clippers are on their way to the conference finals against the Warriors. Game six, I forget, this must have been either 12 or 13. I think it must have been 2013, right? No, if it was the Warriors, it must have been 2015. Wait, conference and, uh, finals? No, so that would have. It was a semi. It was the semifinals. Would have been going to the conference finals for uh, had the Clippers won in Game Six, and mm-hmm. then uh, I believe it was Corey Brewer and Josh Smith lighted up from three with Harden on the bench with his shoes untied, like he yeah. didn't even anchor the comeback. There. And then, uh, yeah, and then they win in Game Seven, the Rockets, and then they go on the conference final against the against the Warriors. Yeah, that would have been twenty fifteen. You're correct. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Harden's just got a history of, of no-showing. I completely expect it in Philadelphia. I think it's hilarious that our good friend, Steven Esteban Ramos, big Sixers fan, I think it's hilarious that he has to root for James Harden because uh, me and you have never been really big fans of Harden. Like, I, I respect his game and I respect his one-on-one game. But 
you know, I've never liked how he's been in big moments. He's never liked his flopping or any of that. So he's always been annoying to watch. And I've Steven's never always been felt a huge like, Exactly. And now Steven's got a root for him and hope for him to come through in these big playoff moments. I think that's hilarious. Yeah, but, I do too. And <clears throat> I, Harden's just been a guy who, like, I remember when the debates were always like, is Harden better than Curry? I was like, how? Like, there's these. I understand that he was really good. In the I personally regular. don't remember these debates. No, I, I specifically do because I remember me and Connor Vizina talked about it at work one day specifically because I remember Max Kellerman brought Who's it up. Who's bringing up these debates? Max Kellerman brought it up at one point. Um, there are other people on ESPN. I know Max Kellerman for sure, but there were other people who had brought it up on ESPN, and I was like, guys. I mean, because well, this is all. There are also points where like people would bring up his Lillard better than like people have always with Steph depends on when he's there or not there. But when the Harden Steph debates came through, I was like, "There's no way, like guys, no, (laughs) he's not better. (laughs) Like there's just there's no way he's better." And also, Skip. Also, I just want to say this real quick. I'm thinking about it now. Last year, I think Skip may have retracted his stance or something along the lines of that nature, but this one just made me laugh because he said last year that Steph wasn't a top 20 player of all time and that in one clip you could find, he said that he'd rather have Harden than Steph, and this was last year. Probably because Skip's still salty about the 2016 finals because everything in his life surrounds LeBron, but you can go on. Yeah, I don't know much about about all that, but let me ask you this about weekend what are you most looking forward to this weekend all-star weekend the three-point contest and the all-star game what about each give me give me a headline uh, from each or something in particular that you're looking for the in all- the game your point contest the all-star game i'm interested because like there's been an added there's been an added level of urgency and an added level of actual like care to the game now which with the alliance. with well, I was going to say with the whole entire uh format changing which I love Giannis is going to be in it which matters because Giannis doesn't understand the difference between a postseason regular season and all-star game so he plays his heart out every time and when the best player when the best player plays their hardest it tends to bring others out it tends to bring others, and then if you get LeBron playing his hardest too, you're like, oh, okay. Well, I guess we can't, we can't slack off now. And you got people like Embiid, you got people like Stat. Like, so I feel like the energy that's going to be at the All Star Game is actually going to be something that's fun in the three point contest. I'm always just interested to watch that because. It's just, someone always gets hot. I was gonna say someone always gets hot, and it's fun to see shooting. Like it, I've, it's always been fun for me to see shooting. So I'm, I'm just interested to see how it goes this year. I'll be pulling for my guy Luke Kennard to go win it all. That's gonna be my next question. So you get Kennard winning it, or who you um, it, do you know if they've replaced Zach Levine? Is he injured? He's out? He's been out for a little bit. I don't know if he's going to be back for the three-point contest or not, but I know he's been out because DeMar DeRozan's been going on a stretch of all stretches. Shout, I want to just shout out quickly to DeMar DeRozan because you just broke Is he playing one. Sunday? Yeah, um, it looks like, he's, looks like he's... Yeah, he'll be clear to play. Okay, so... Oh, okay. I was going to say, because Zach Levine probably was, is going to be one of your headliners to win it all but i'm you know what i'm just gonna roll with it luke Kennard's winning it luke Kennard's gonna win it all okay okay i think stand the up do that have my right the two that have my eye for that would be okay it looks like siakam's replacing uh is that true siakam's like the three-point contest no i was gonna say it looks like he's replacing him at the all-star oh, game. it looks like there's say, no it looks doing? like he's so it looks like Levine's cleared to play and that he'll be back after the All-Star break. And there's no reports of him being replaced. So he must be actually playing this weekend. And yeah, I was going to say, I haven't heard of anybody replacing him. That's what, like, I, I, that's what has been confused. I haven't seen anyone replace a Zach Levine yet. So I haven't seen another name. Because another name comes in that I like a lot or another name comes in that could possibly change it. But as of right now, I have Luke Kennard winning it all. Word. Two names that stick out to me. One would be Patty Mills. Yeah. I feel like 
feel like he'd be great at this contest. I don't think he's been in a contest before, but mm-hmm. he can get up. He's certainly he's got the ratchet on him. And then the other one that sticks out to me, Carl Anthony Towns. And it's mostly just because of his shot. He's got a set shot. He's got a shot that's tailor-made for this type of competition. You know what yeah. I mean? They say like they say set shooters are better off than jump shooters. Uh it's funny because Patty Mills got a He's got more of a jump shot than a set shot, but mm-hmm. I, I think he's going to light it up. But I think Towns, if everything goes the way he would like it, obviously, I think he could. I don't know. I feel like he could have the highest success rate between how he already is a knockdown three mixed with his height, mixed with, like I said, a shot. I feel like he could he could black out and get 10 straight at any point. You know he what I needs, mean? Towns is somebody that I feel needs to start off hot to win it. Like, you have people like, say, obviously, Steph in the past, or you have, say, Jason Capono or someone like someone like that who they're lethal known shooters, and, like, they feel that they're, like, a lethal, lethal shooters to where if they miss a rack, like, they miss the first shots on a the rack, they're like, all I need is one. I'm not sure Carl Anthony Towns has that mindset. I don't think he sees him. I think he sees himself as a good three-point shooter, but I don't think he sees himself as... All I need is one. I feel like with him, his confidence can go up and down. That is just me seeing from his play a little bit. Sometimes it can go up and down depending, but that's just my thought. Who you got winning the dunk contest? Mm, Winning the dunk, Jalen Green, probably. Likewise. Like, it's weekend, like, (sighs) or night like this where I kind of think, or I kind of wish they would flip the dunk in a three-point contest. Mine's seen the three-point contest. I know they got tradition, but I feel like the three-point contest is getting as popular or as hyped as a, as a dunk contest. Like, Carl Anthony Towns' career, 39.6, three-point percentage shooter. So he he's... Oh, he can, he can shoot them. It's just a lot of them, he gets open looks. So that's kind of the only thing I was saying. He gets a lot of open looks. And so... It, it, it makes them. Oh yeah, well for sure you've got obviously got to make them, but then you get them timed and think. So I just think for his sake, him making the first couple will help him rather than having to feel like I got to make every shot. I don't know. That's just me saying. But going on talking about the dunk contest, I feel like the three point contest is becoming is just as big because there's like no names in the dunk contest. Like and there's names in the three point contest. Like you'll get Clay, you'll get Steph. Like this year, even you got Trey Young, All Star, Zach Levine, All Star. Is Carl Anthony Towns an All Star? If not, he's borderline. Obviously, the Fred Van Vliet All Star. Like you've got like legitimate All Stars, and then you've got Obi Toppin, Jalen Green, Cole Anthony, and Juan Toscano Anderson. <laughs> I have no idea what Juan Toscano, JTA. Well, I don't have no idea what he's doing in there. Juan Toscano Anderson does one thing. Like he wouldn't even be my number one choice from that team. He's not even my top two. It would have been Kaminga and Gary Payton the second before Juan Toscano Anderson. But he could shock me, and if he does shock me, I will come on the next podcast and be like, "Man, shout out to JTA. Good job for doing whatever you did in the dunk contest." But why? I'm sure he'll. Like I know we would be, we would want the dunk contest to go last if John Morant was in it. Just John Morant. Like it could be and the yep. same cast. You just take Juan Descano Anderson out for John Morant. We'd be like, yeah, no, can't wait for the dunk contest. That's it. That's all you need. One person. I agree. I agree. But hopefully Jalen Green puts on. Who knows what'll happen in the dunk contest? I don't have high expectations though. I did have another question about the All Star game. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Do you think this game trends more like the first year of the Elon ending, which is right up to that moment? It'll be close to where that that last, you know, set score ends up looking like a pickup game and you know the, the players are really turning, or do you think it'll trend more towards last year where teams gotta leave and uh it really doesn't matter? You know what I mean? It's almost just a ticking time bomb, I guess. Um, I think it's gonna be more towards the first one. And the reason being is LeBron's just proven to be the best drafter out of all of them. But this year, Kevin Durant has Embiid, who is playing out of his mind. He has John Morant, who is going to take the game as seriously as uh, Giannis. So you've got another person of that stature. Obviously, he's got Trey Young, who can get hot at any point. LaMelo's fun. 
J- uh, Jason Tatum. Like, there's more. Uh, Zach Levine can get hot. Dejounte Murray is gonna just be an ath and be an athlete. So, I feel there are more people on Durant's team this year that aren't gonna play lax. To where, to where I think the game will be close. I don't think they'll allow it not to be close. But LeBron has the All Star Game cheat code in Giannis. So, that's all. Than Durant's, I feel like he once again killed in the draft. Oh, I'm hoping you're correct. I'm hoping that it stays close, but I, I could see it definitely going how it went last year, and I'm just kind of blowing it out of the water. But yeah, like if there's said, a team K- that blows it out, shooting. it's that team. Absolutely, K does have shooting. He does have some uh, hard playing players, and they don't have Durant, which is the other big part. If he was if it was on this roster, I might feel a little bit different. But it's you know everyone else on his roster without him. So mm-hmm. we'll oh, see how it goes. Yeah, hope it stays close. And do you have a do you have a prediction for the skills challenge too? Do you got something for me there? I can make. I don't it. even know who the hell is. I don't even know who the um, hell is in it. There's the Cavs. There's the team Cavs, which is going to be. Hold on, just a second. Um, the Cavs have a team in the skill. Yeah, so the skills challenge. There's team Antetokounmpo. So you have all three Antetokounmpo brothers. You have team Cavs, which is Jared Allen, Darius Garland, and Evan Mobley. And then you have team Rooks, which is Scotty Barnes, Cade Cunningham, and Josh Giddy. And the NBA wants us to care about that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Long plot for you answering that, but Yeah. (laughs) And I get like All Star Weekends, like it's 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 more for the kids, it's more marketing. I mean, I don't know, we all love the dunk contest and all that, but literally like what the hell like I'll say it again, same thing I said last week. What the hell is the point of the skills competition? Like just get rid of it. Give me give me a one on one tournament. Give me and this could be on Sunday too, before the real All Star game. Give me an old timers game. I want to see 50, 60, 70, 80 year old former NBA players. You know going what? At. Just give me, you want to know what I would love? A small round robin big three tournament. Like when they put the big three together, just give me a small, like four teams, just play like a little bracket thing. Just have four or five, six teams, whatever, have a little bracket, then get an hour to play three on three. That's it. That's all I would need. Let me see AI and T Mac instead of having this versus bet. Like, let me see. They AI. can't. Let, let, let I mean, I, I don't think. I'd rather a whole five and five game just because I don't, wouldn't want them to book big three and what the big three came about. But I see where you're going with that too. Well, I, I mean, just I just mean that. something along those lines. Like, it, 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 it honestly could be you have mid level players playing one on one. Like, that that would be fine with me. Like if you're trying well, to tell me I could just get like Jamal Crawford, J.R. Smith, people like that, AI, even people like that to just come out and play one on one, I'll all for it. Even Mike, get down. What, I have you can a, wear gray sweatpants and a white tee. Get down there on the court, Mike, and just put up some jumpers. Fine with me. Better than the skill challenge. Happy birthday to Michael Jordan, by the way. It's his birthday. Oh, happy shout birthday. out. Happy birthday to Mike. Sorry to cut you off. Happy birthday to our Uncle Cal, and happy birthday to Miranda, actually. Happy birthday to Miranda, and happy birthday to Elizabeth. Sister, happy birthday. Tomorrow, happy birthday to Luke Gosselin. Had to get those out of the way. That's a lot of happy birthdays. It is. Happy birthday to uh, everybody involved. Yeah, I, agree. I, I echo those sentiments, but... I got a little one-on-one turning for you. I don't get the matchups, but I got the eight that I want. If there was a if there was a one-on-one competition, by okay. the way, if I was in if I was in charge of All Star Weekend, it would look like this. All right, we'd have mm-hmm. the celebrity game. We'd have the celebrity game. We'd pick different celebrities though, because it always ends up like them not playing. I want I want people competing out there. Like that looks like Common needs to be there, even though he's played before. Common competes. I want bass. Chris Brown could be there. Like I want people who know how to play basketball and have played basketball before, but are celebrities. And I'll take the celebrities who don't know how to play. I just need more effort. You know what I mean? I don't need. It looks like a very watered down version of a pickup game. And we need to get the WNBA players out of there because I feel like that almost fucking demeans them. Like, you know what I mean? That shit's easy for them too. So get them out of there. Well, yeah, because they don't try. Because it's like, all right, why would Candace Parker try against? 
Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart or Denzel Washington, not East Bennett. But like, <laughs> why would why would Candace try against him? Candace could go out and score fifty if she wanted to, because obviously they may not be NBA player level, but they are still the best women basketball players in the entire world. So. Get them out of there. Get the former NBA legends out of there because the same for them. They could score 80 if they wanted. Why would, why would Shaq ever go? Or like T-Mac. Like T-Mac could go Paul Pierce. Like Why are they there? They could just get layups every possession. Put them in the old-timers game that I want. We'll get to that. Okay. So every game, you know, with more more serious level. Then mm-hmm. we go to the sophomore game if that's still needed. I'm willing for that to go, but that's a tradition, and it's never, it's never terrible. Like, it's... Is that the worst boring at the best you get some entertainment out of it? You know, it's a good good little start off, right? Yep. Saturday. Start off start me off with a three point competition. Start me off with a three point competition. Then go to the one on one tournament. Hypothetically in this twenty twenty two pretending Durant's healthy here. Kevin Durant, Carmelo Anthony, represent like as the uh, the real vets, you know, the, the mm. older older vets. So we got Katie, who's the premier one on one score. Mel represent the old guard, representing the guards in general. Kyrie Irving mm-hmm. and James Harden. Then we got the wings here with uh, DeRozan, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum, and then my eighth player representing the bigs here, Joel Embiid. Got that? So we got Katie, Mello, Kyrie, Harden, DeRozan, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid. And obviously, if you took some of those names out and put other premier one-on-one scores in, I ain't mad at it either. But that would be my dream one-on-one. Mm-hmm. In the future, we'd have to have Lillard. Obviously, this year he's injured, but like in the future, obviously Lillard, Lillard would have to. I'd want to see Steph in a one-on-one environment. I'd actually want to see LeBron in a one-on-one environment. Like we'd have to do that probably next year too because you don't want him too old. But Le- Giannis would be unfair. But yeah, no, <laughs> I'd want to see some others. But that eight's beautiful. It's a beautiful eight. So we have that in the middle, and then we end with a dunk contest, which hopefully would have more stars than Juan Toscano Anderson, right? I would require for one all-star to be in it. Correct. Correct. Require, because you cannot tell me every single year there's not going to be one athletic all-star. Before I get to my Sunday, let me ask you a question about the dunk contest. Would you rather that keep it where it's four dunks? And they get, I think they're all guaranteed four dunks at least, I believe, or at least two dunks. Yeah. Or would you rather everybody gets two dunks and they have something like six or eight dunkers? You know what I mean? They get less dunks, maybe they only get one dunk, but you get more dunkers, and then obviously you end up getting more in the finals anyway if you're in the top two or top three or however many advanced, mm-hmm. maybe even the top four advanced. How do you like it? Would you rather less dunkers, more show, or more dunkers? But, you know, I think overall you get more dunks either way, would you add? So it would. If you gave me more names, I would rather have more dunkers. Like if you if you gave me these four and then added four other like cool names, then yeah, I'd be fine with it. And then the ter- the way I would do it would be everybody gets two dunks, then your top four advance, everybody gets one dunk. So you have to plan it out. So you're like, "Okay, now I got to come out with one of these one of my best dunks now to get to the finals and then in the finals Top two advance. And then the tops, yeah. And then the top two advance and then go to the finals and they get two dunks. So, like, the winner, so whoever wins would have to have a minimum of five dunks. Fine with me. Not bad. Not bad. So, so you don't have too, too many dunks. You get some more break in between. I mean, not that it's going to be that taxing on your body. They play 36 minutes on average a game. But, yeah, I would have, I'd have that be the, because if you have two dunks in the beginning to get to that next stage, people are going to people are going to show out. They have to because if you only have two dunks to get to that next stage and you could be in the top all you have to do is place in the top 4, you can be like, "Okay, I got to I got to do well, but I can't do I got to kind of be smart in how I save it." And then say if you got like a 40 your first round, you're like, "Man, I need a 50." So then you're going to just go out and your best dunk's going to come out cuz you need a 50. So even if you d- people don't go on, they can still give you your best dunks. You're going to get like, oh, wow, that was dope, but they didn't even go on. So I would have, if you're if that format's actually cool, I would like that. Of getting like eight dunkers 
and having Ellie Holder. I want to say the current format. I want to say isn't it the first round everyone gets two and then the top two advance and then they get two. So you're supposed to have four, or does it just seem like there's more? I don't know. I don't really. I don't know. I don't. It feels like there's more dunks than that. Um, I don't. I don't really know. Like, and that's sad that I'm not we don't know. Too lazy to look right now. Too it's, lazy to look. But I feel like it's either. I feel like it is four, but whichever. I would take either format too. Uh, maybe maybe the more dunkers, but still four dunks. I guess depends because the the dunk contest can just run out. Like when it's bad and people are retrying dunks and you get. X amount of tries and this and that, it can get incredibly boring, oh, which is why tries. the dunk contest went through a little. Two, two tries, I agree with that. Two tries. You make you you don't need three, you don't need four. There was that year that you had the unlimited because Nate Robinson took like fifteen attempts to do one dunk and then got like forties for it, which was god awful. But two tries. If you can't get it on the first try, we'll give you one mulligan. You can't get it on the second try. It's not three strikes and you're out here. It's two strikes and you're out. You get a 30 and you call it a day. Like, just get a 30 and get out of here. We need to keep the show moving, but we want you to get a chance. Get two dunks. Two chances. Moving on to my Sunday, and as I've said, this would be an old-timers game. Have it at like 3 o'clock. The game's usually at 8, 8.30. So we have the normal game prime time. But yeah, earlier in that day, we have people from, you know, maybe play the 70s if they're still able to. Players who play the 80s. Players who play in the 90s. Maybe teams who play, players who play in the early 2000s. We get all of them for an old-timers game. You know, maybe you get to see Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> Could you imagine a Magic Bird today? <laughs> right? Like, I'd want to see that. I would much rather see that shit. I would much rather see that any day. Then, I bet Bird still, still got a J. <laughs> bet, That's what I'm saying. Like you know, he can still shoot it. I I would take Magic's on a hook, cro- the hook, the famous hook across the lane. Rather than game four, <laughs> you give me anywhere from eight to twelve minute quarters running time. However they want to do it, or fifteen to fifteen minute running time halves. I don't care. Whatever you can do to get somewhat of a just somewhat of a look of an old timers game. Just to see what that would be. You no, know Shaq would do it. Like Shaq would do it. You'd get, Kenny and you know, some of it. these guys actually. Charles some, would yeah, some of these it. guys, some of these guys stay in good shape. You know, some of them would be out there. You probably wouldn't get Magic and Bird. You would definitely get Magic for a Bird, but yeah, but some I mean, of these. You know what I mean? I mean, you definitely you'd get people like Grant Hill for sure. He stays in good yeah. shape. Steve Smith stays in good shape. Dennis Scott, all he did was shoot anyway, so he could. He could do. I'm just thinking about people that you see as analysts. Chris Webber stays in good shape. Obviously, I mean, obviously, you've got Shaq, you've got Charles, probably would do it. You've got Kenny that would do it. And then if you wanted to go with retired people, like if you wanted to be a cheat coach, you could get someone like Wade who just retired, who definitely could right now still play in the NBA and be, <laughs> be a good player. I'm very confident you give Wade like three months or two months of NBA training to get back into. He could probably average like 12 to 15 right now because he didn't have to retire when he did. He could still be playing. I agree with that. Especially if, especially if Mello's giving people work. Not that Wade's not the shooter Mello is, but Wade's a very crafty and smart individual. He could give you like 10 and 7. Very skilled individual for sure. Mm-hmm. But you can't tell me you would rather see – that over whatever the fuck the skills competition is. Team Antetokounmpo versus the Cavs <laughs> versus the rookies. I don't give one single fuck about that. I really don't. No, I, I, really, even, I really and don't. even if they're even Australia. if they're bad, like yeah. Larry Bird and Magic could be terrible. But even so, the, the idea that Magic and Bird are playing basketball now would be so much better than Team Antetokounmpo taking on Team Cav of Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, and Darius Garland taking on Team Rook of Scotty Barnes, Cade Cunningham, and Josh Giddy. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, we need to yeah. they need to move on from that. We just need to, we just need something new. NBA, I'm giving you ideas here. So uh you know take them. Take yeah. these ideas. I promise you it'll be better than whatever we have. And it's already a pretty good product, you know, especially when you got stars. But like we'll take it down here in the dunk contest. Also, you know, let any, I don't know, again, I've mentioned this last year, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, I don't know who the hell is planning these all-star weekends, but they need to be in destination cities, not motherfucking Cleveland, Ohio, not Utah next year, they're having it in Utah, what, like, what the fuck, 
<laughs> like I'm just trying to think like what's James Harden Salt Lake <laughs> what's James Harden gonna do on a Saturday night in Utah what are any of these guys gonna do but like I can't even imagine Let I Danny can't tell ima- it she swears by Utah <laughs> I'm I'm sure Utah is a great city I've heard or sorry that's a state I'm sure <laughs> Salt I'm sure Salt Lake City is a great city like I'm sure it is I've heard it is I've heard it's beautiful but uh you know I think any one of these players on the roster at any given time of year is going to pick Atlanta. It's going to pick Miami. It's going to pick LA. It's going to pick New York. Even Chicago. in the winter, Chicago. Those All five. Like those live. five cities. They should filter in between then Just and throw in a it. random one. Ever, throw in a random one every like five years. Like throw filter. in Vegas because they did. They did Vegas one year. That was great. Happened at the Thomas and Mack Center where mm-hmm. they had summer games. Vegas, uh, cool. Boston because of how legendary it is, and it's still you still a city. Cool. Even I didn't mind Toronto. You can't do it now, obviously, because of COVID. But Toronto was cool because that's a Get huge Toronto. city. That's a huge city. You can go Toronto. Cool. I don't want to ever see a Milwaukee. I don't want to go to Milwaukee. And I'm not even going, but I don't want to go to Milwaukee. I don't want to go to Utah. I don't want to go to Cleveland. don't want to go to Oklahoma City. Like, we don't need to go to these places. These places don't need to be gone to. Yeah, I'm really not sure how these locations go because yeah i think it's utah next year and then i think it's indiana the year after or might be vice first indiana's indiana's like a hotbed for basketball cool indiana's a hotbed for basketball and indianapolis is at least better than salt lake probably (laughs) for this kind of thing but it's still not the major major destination cities but other than that that's all i would change uh and of course the the last time they decided to put it Last year in Atlanta when everything shut down, so you know. Now I think I think there's a fan limit for that too, right? So not everybody yeah, not, wasn't a sellout yeah. crowd or anything. So of course they would wait for that year. I don't know who is planning this. I don't know what Adam Silver is thinking with it, but whatever, we'll love it all. Just wish. And um, if I wanted to attend, that it wouldn't be fucking Utah, but whatever. I mean, yeah, no, not at all. But um, halftime show. We were talking obviously about the NFL. Super Bowl halftime show. This is not the halftime show, but the performance of the All Star Sunday night is going to be, or sorry, All Star Weekend's performance is going to be DJ Khaled, joined by Gunna, Little Baby, Lil Wayne, Ludacris, Mary J, and Migos. This is Saturday. Um. Yeah, I believe. It, yeah. The yeah Saturday performances. Again, don't know what Mary J's doing in that mix. <laughs> I know. I saw Mary J's name when I was reading off. I was like, oh, they're really pushing Mary J. I know she had an album that just came out, but geez. <laughs> who's, who's doing Sunday at halftime? Um, that kind of makes sense why they're going big with the uh, with the Saturday All-Star performers because Sunday is going to be them honoring the NBA's 75th anniversary. Uh, yeah. It'll be pretty I- it will be cool. Um, I wonder if I like. I'm guessing at halftime, like the people that are. I mean, there's only three of them in the game that are part of that. Four, four in the game that are part of that. I think so. They'll probably have to co- have them come out too. Yeah, yeah, that's what they did last time. They did it for the fiftieth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to the listeners, I'm gonna wrap this up here. Look up. I mean, if you want a reference for that's gonna look like, look up maybe the fiftieth anniversary ceremony i've actually never watched it surprisingly but i'm sure that's definitely somewhere on youtube maybe i'll check that out uh, i guess there was controversy with shaq making it who's such a recent player at that time but uh look up that and then with the theme of you know talking about the old timers games there were some old timers games in the 80s i might have to check those out on youtube because i want to see how just how bad it was because there's a reason why they stopped it mm-hmm. i wonder if there were some like old people injuries uh you know Stuff like that, which, by the way, part of the reason why I want this game to come back is the unintentional comedy. I don't want that to sound mean, but, you know, again, I'd much rather watch that shit than the skills competition. I can't emphasize that enough, but go look up the old timers games on YouTube. Go look at the 50th ceremony. While you're at it, go look at some of the great dunk contests. Kim, me and you were talking before, 2016, Zach Levine, Eric Gordon. Classic one. That's in the top five. Um, yeah, two thousand, two thousand with Vince Carter. Go look up Vince Carter's performance. Two thousand eighty-eight with Neek and Mike. I think it's eighty-nine with Wilk with Spud and Dominique. Or maybe is that eighty-seven? Uh, 
I'm not sure. Eighty-seven. It could have been. I don't know. It was one of those one of those two years in that time frame. Just look up. You can look up uh, Spud Webb versus Dominique. Uh, if you want to be cool, you can look up '96, which is that one that Kobe won. Uh, I went on my whole dunk contest run. Run. Uh, two thousand nine was Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard and Robinson. Yeah. There's definitely definitely uh, some good ones from that from that era. Jason Richardson. His his little oh, run was 03, pretty good. Oh three against Desmond Mason was fun. That one was good. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely looking forward to All Star Weekend. Had a good Super Bowl. Sports in 2022 so far off to a good start. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think stuff's going to start to uh, loosen up around the country with COVID going into the spring, too. And, uh, yeah, things start to get warmer. Days are starting to get brighter. We're going to have the second half. We're going to have, like, really probably, what, 25, maybe 30 games left in the NBA season after this All-Star break once they cut, resume next Thursday. So, yeah, we got the stretch run of the NBA. NFL draft time, all that. Uh, it doesn't look like the MLB is going to be starting anytime soon. But not that we really watch anyway. But, you know, good time to be a sports fan. Things are definitely going to be heating up in the NBA, especially. So I can't. People are enjoying uh, the NHL. Couldn't tell you what's going on in it. But, yeah, um, no idea what's going on there, but I hope people are enjoying that too, for sure. Uh, the Panthers right now are. Looks like they're killing it in the Atlantic Division, and the uh, Penguins are killing it out in the middle, Metropolitan. So good for you guys. I think Great. it's a, I think it's a little different than last year. Um, the only thing I remember is last year they had all the Canadian teams play in Canada because obviously of COVID, then every other team play here. So like pretty much whatever Canada team came out was going to get demolished because of the fact that they just weren't good enough. Because so. Which happened last year? That's why the can or the Canadians didn't get demolished. They ended up making to the final four, and then I don't know if they call that something or conference finals. I'm not sure if they have a specific name for that, but um, and yeah, they got just beat by the lightning, I believe. I only know a little bit of this stuff from Caleb Lanou, so shout out Caleb Lanou. Oh, that's what I was gonna bring up. Speaking of Caleb Lanou. Caleb Anu was talking to me, just a quick thing before we go. Caleb Anu was talking to me at halftime. He's like, oh, the Bengals actually possibly could win this thing. I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, that was a really good halftime show that went on. He was like, yeah, it was. It was even greater watching it with old people. And I was like, oh, okay. And he was talking about how his dad, <laughs> his dad referred to Dre as the earbuds guy. And then he thought Mary J. Blige was Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> Which made me die because I was thinking, oh yeah, that must be the earbuds guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's that's him, Dad. <laughs> I do want to say I think that was a world record for time someone said Caleb the new in a in a twenty second span. Yeah, I think it's but... like five times. But <laughs> shout out to said person. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, that would be interesting. There's definitely some generational gaps with the halftime show but you know that's what we get there was a year there's a few years after the janet jackson incident where they really like try to play safe and they play like yeah 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 they had like old old rock acts and obviously everyone from our generation was like the fuck is this well you know maybe the older generation loved it which you know but i it's definitely going to start to flip more so the other way obviously they've had popular acts the last you know 10 years, I would say for sure they've really focused on getting more current. But I think you're going to see more. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to see maybe a Nelly halftime show or a Ludacris. You know, I don't know. Like, just some novelty 2000 hip hop and RB acts. I would not be surprised to see that. Or maybe even someone like, shit, who knows? Maybe we see like a Britney Spears sighting. <laughs> no, you know, really- those kind of 2000 yeah. acts. Because you could really make a lot of money and generate a lot of viewership from just those type of halftime shows. I'm sorry. I'm looking right now because you were talking about how the NFL played it safe after Janet Jackson. They really yeah. did. Paul McCartney, the Rolling Stones, <laughs> you throw in Prince in the middle of that. But then you have Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Bruce, Bruce Springsteen, and then you have The Who. And then you go with the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> So, oh, wow. so I forgot the black <laughs> And then Madonna, then it goes to Beyonce, Bruno, Katy Perry. So you have more current acts. But man, oh, up- man, oh man, that was a stretch. 
since you brought up the black eyed peas, I just want to end with this. My one of my all time favorite all star weekend moments, Fergie singing the national anthem. Oh, I was trying to look at who was gonna sing the national anthem, but oh man. One of my favorite moments ever. <laughs> Shout out to Fergie. Shout out to <laughs> Fergie was so bad. Fergalicious definition. Make the boys go loco. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you have a go-to Fergie song. Yeah, I think it actually would be glamorous if I had a go-to one. But, uh. Banger, banger for sure. Luda Loki kind of kills that. Champagne witnesses, <laughs> caviar dreams. <laughs> All right, we're getting out of here. Waterbones podcast. Everybody enjoy All Star Weekend. Everybody be safe out there. Uh, Keenan, great talking to you. I'll talk to you soon. Definitely be talking to you throughout the weekend. Sure. sharing my uh, my insights and my thoughts always we always have colorful thoughts of what's actually going on so uh yeah Ken, good talking to you i'll talk to you very soon oh my gosh i can't believe i just sorry sorry i know we we're wanting to sign off i can't even <laughs> believe i forgot to talk about this because we went on a tangent i <laughs> have a mixtape coming out tomorrow on soundcloud Oh shit! What's it called? What, uh, uh, bagger free, uh, bagger freestyles. It's coming out on SoundCloud tomorrow. The link will be. I'll be making a post for it. Link will be in my Instagram bio, so we can possibly talk about that next time. But I would say so. But mixtape coming out. Bagger freestyles eight pack will be out tomorrow, February eighteenth. Boom. <laughs> Maybe we'll post that on uh, the Warner Brothers podcast Instagram page as well. Yeah, yes. congrats to you. Thank you. Working on out of here. I got to get something to eat real quick. Warner Brothers podcast. Everybody have a good weekend. You as well. Have a good one, Kyle.